listening to Say It Southern. Aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. Today, we are talking with Mary Hyatt, a life and business mindset coach and the host of the Living Fully Alive podcast, who specializes in helping her clients move from living a life of burnout to a life where they're connected to their emotions, their body, and their spirit. There are so many topics we could have spoken to Mary about, but with all of us coming out of quarantine and perhaps some of us maybe a little more shapely than we were before, we thought we could all use a little reminder that our worth is not in our weight. Please join us as we say it Southern with Mary Hyatt. Hey everybody, we are here today with Mary Hyatt in Nashville, Tennessee, and she is the host of Living Fully Alive podcast, and Sarah, she's a business coach, and she's she's one million different things is what she is. Yes, she is. And they're all super successful. So hey Mary, thanks for being with us today. Oh y'all, this is so fun. I tell you what, I, I when I saw that we've got some Nashville, Knoxville, UT in the house. I was like, this is going to be a fun conversation. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, so we love the fact that we get to interview all these really cool people on our podcast and that from all different walks of life. But when we saw that you were a life and business coach, I mean, we both made a list of things that we wanted to talk about. And one of the ways that we went down the rabbit hole was like, if we had an hour with a life coach, what would we talk to them about? So we started digging and, and got in onto your Instagram page, which is great, and tons of useful information. And we found out that this month you're talking about body image. Oh, yeah. It is one of my favorite things to talk about. I actually created a whole six-week course on it. You can still grab um, called Babe Redefined, like learning how to make peace with your body, peace with your plate, and... It is one of those things that I think as women, we just can't ever escape. I mean, it's always relevant. It's always prevalent, this idea of how we relate to this thing called our body. And so, yeah, I'm ready to dig into that. (laughs) Well, good, because we put our pens down. We're like, forget that. We're going to talk about this. Yeah. (laughs) And we even had to stop ourselves. We're like, let's quit talking about it. Let's wait for Mary. (laughs) Yeah. There was something that you talked about that... um, maybe to start this off, is identifying the body bully. So explain to yeah. us what, what that is, who that is, why yeah. we all have one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. Okay. So yeah, the concept of the body bully is really interesting. And we all know this voice, okay? Although we probably haven't labeled it, but hopefully after today, you'll have a name for her. And the body bully is the part inside of ourselves that y'all know when we wake up in the morning and we start getting ready and we look at ourselves in the mirror It goes on a diatribe of all of our imperfections. It starts talking about how we are too fat, too flabby, how our stretch marks are gross, how we're disgusting, how we are ugly. And I mean, if you know this voice well, which I would probably venture to say that most women are very familiar with this voice, it's like, it is a just degrading kind of voice. I mean, it just says the nastiest things. And especially now that we're getting into warmer weather and we're sort of having the promise of getting out and going to the pool or going to the beach or, you know, maybe get to travel again soon. There is this 
really strong internal dialogue that's going on, which is pointing out all of the ways in which we are imperfect, all of the ways that we are not enough. And it's very specific. I mean, it gets really, really clear and it goes through every little single detail and it berates you. It bullies you. And it, what's interesting about it to me is that if you think about when we're little kids, like we don't come into this life with a body bully. That is actually taught mm -hmm. to us mm -hmm. and reinforced in our culture and usually our family of origin. And when you think about a little girl, you know, when she's little, like think about a toddler, like think about how free a little toddler is with her body. You know, she twirls, she dances, she's, she doesn't care about her jiggly tummy or her jiggly thighs, you know, or, you know, as you guys, um, I should say, we say in the South, like the bracelets, you know, like when little, little kids are chunky and they have yeah. a little part of their, their wrist that looks like they've got a bracelet on, but they don't. It's just their little fat ring. I love <laughs> you know? that. Gosh, there's nothing Ooh. better I love than a fat thigh. I love dimples on a hand. Right? Oh, God. Dimples on the fingers. But, but how crazy is that? Like, we can say that so easily right. about a child, about a baby, but God forbid we have that ourselves. Right. Like, it becomes a whole different conversation when we're an adult. So this is something that we learn. This is something that we are taught and it is pervasive in our culture. We're taught it through media. We are taught it through our girlfriends, through our families. And, and so this is something that is not our originating voice. It is not something that is natural to us. It, it, it is learned and its job ultimately. And this is what's so interesting about a bully, its job is it's in a sideways way, actually trying to protect us. And that's kind of weird to think about. But if you think about it for a second, if we didn't bully ourselves, we would be vulnerable to public criticism, judgment, the, um, you know, ability to, to not be loved. So the bully is almost like our defense system to make sure that we stay in line so that we receive love, totally. that we receive acceptance. So it's kind of like what you're saying is it's the body is the measuring stick to which we defend ourselves based on the kind of the feedback that we get back, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like basically the, the more that I can berate myself, the yeah. more that I can abuse myself, the more that I can bully myself, actually in a sideways kind of dysfunctional way, it keeps me safe. It makes sure that I'm staying in line. It makes sure that I am beautiful, skinny, acceptable to, to men, to women. And so in a sideways way, it is trying to keep me safe. Yes. And right. Isn't that so just yes. twisted? Mm -hmm. And we've learned this, like that's the way it's not like we've learned how to be loving to ourselves and accepting of our body and appreciative of our body. We've learned how to literally like beat it, abuse it. I mean, we, we talk about this when we talk about exercise. Oh, I've been, I've been bad, you know, and now I'm going to go be good. I've got to go pay penance for the fact that I ate some cake yesterday. I got to go burn it off. I've got to go be good. At the gym. And we have all this morality around being good and being bad when it comes to food, when it comes to our bodies. And so the body bully is basically keeping us in check. And if it's okay with you guys, um, I'd love to share like the three ways that our body bully does this. Oh, I think yeah. it's really, Please. let me get my, share, share. One second. Yeah, we got to get, get my pen. <laughs> <laughs> get your highlighter out. That's right. Um, okay. So this is really so common and it's like so normal to us. I don't think we even recognize it's happening. 
So our body bully bullies us in three ways. The first is that it body bashes us. So this is where kind of what I was talking about, that it picks apart everything in our body that is not perfect and it bashes it. It judges it. It lets you know that you are not good enough. So that's like, Hey, your hair is too flat. Your butt's not big enough. Your eyebrows aren't thick enough. Your eyelashes aren't big enough. Um, your butt isn't round enough. Your arms are too flabby, you know, on and on and on. So it like literally like picks apart all the little ways in which we don't add up. We don't actually have what it takes to be that girl, to be beautiful, to be somebody who's loved and admired. Like I know for me, I don't know if y'all feel this way, but like when I'm scrolling on Instagram and I, I think to myself, this is when my body bullies like gone off the rails. Right. And it's like, I think to myself, what would it be like if I was thin? Mm-hmm. What, what are those girls that I see on Instagram that are, that are really, really thin, very confidently and, and effortlessly wearing bikinis? God, what would it be like for life to be that easy? What would it be like if and your the, thighs didn't rub together? Yeah. <laughs> right. You couldn't start a fire between your thighs. What would that feel like? <laughs> totally. What imagine. if I didn't shape? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's really interesting how then it becomes you know, that body bashing voice. Well, gosh, all the things that I, that I can see right now that are, that are not okay, that are wrong, that are not enough. So that's the first way body bashing. Mm-hmm. The second is body checking or comparison. And this happens so often. This is where like, anytime you see another woman, you size them up and you see where you fit, mm-hmm. how you relate to them. Am I thinner? Am I heavier? Am I prettier? Am I uglier? Like I need to know real quick where I stand when I'm with another woman. <laughs> so true. And <laughs> y'all are, y'all are like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I do. It, it's so, it's crazy. And we do this like obviously in person, but we, what's gotten more complicated about it is we do it online as well. So you can imagine how many times a day we're body checking, making sure that, Ooh, where, where am I better? Where am I worse off? And I'm comparing it to all of the other women that I'm looking at. And so if my feed is full of thin women, white women, a woman of a certain size, a woman of a certain age demographic, it's going to, that's going to trigger a lot of body bully conversations inside of my head. Um, because I'm not getting to see the whole spectrum of women of all shapes and sizes and colors and races. It's, it is okay. Here's what I'm looking at. And most likely probably white Southern women. Mm-hmm. And that's tricky. That is really tricky for the body comparison, body checking. I mean, it's just like we go down that rabbit hole and all of a sudden, you know, we are down, down, down deep in the hole and don't want to come out of it. So that's the second way that our body bully is, is communicating to us. And then the third is body shame. And this is where we turn on ourselves and we say, this is your fault. You should have tried harder. You should have done better. You could have lost that weight if you weren't so lazy. You know, what's wrong with you? Everybody else is doing it. Why can't you do it? Everybody else has figured out how to lose weight or, you know, X, Y, Z. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're an embarrassment where it really becomes part of there's something broken and wrong with me. And that becomes the internal language of the body bully is it's your fault. You did something wrong. You are flawed. You are not enough. You are broken. It's your fault. And man, that body shame one, 
that is, that's a tough one to recover from. So those are kind of the three ways that our body bully really goes on its own little rampage inside of our heads. Yeah. I mean, I can be like, check, check, and check to that. Check. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you were telling about, talk about your shorts. Cause you were talking about that. Oh earlier. yeah. I have shorts on today. I never wear shorts because yeah. I hate, I don't like my legs. I hate my legs. And now I've got like old lady knees are happening. Oh my like, God. You know, I mean, here, here's all my things that right, I think right. about. Yeah. There's your list. There's my list of things. Uh-huh. And so today I have shorts on and I have thought about it all day long that like, Ugh, my legs. I've looked down at myself. I'm like, ugh, I should have just worn my pants. Like, I should have worn jeans. Ugh. Yep. All it's day. It's crazy, right? Like, I mean, it's not crazy, but it's crazy because everybody can relate to that. I remember, this was only about three years ago where I actually wore shorts for the first time in my adult life. And I've been on a real body journey where I was like living in a very plus size, much larger body than I live in now. And the thought of wearing shorts was like so foreign to me. And you know, what's the other, you know, mind trip of all of this is that if you've ever bought shorts, you got to go up like two sizes for sure. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, you have that piece of it where you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm already so much bigger than I am because you've bought a pair of shorts that are two sizes bigger than your normal pant size. And then there's this kind of exposure thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. And I love hearing your language of like old lady knees, right? <laughs> like this, this judgment. And that's like so common. And what happens is, is when we hear this voice inside of ourselves, that's telling us how we're not okay, why we're not enough, n- begin to notice. And this goes for like everybody kind of, as you become more aware of this voice, what it triggers inside of yourself. So typically, and again, and this is the way the sideways way our body bully is keeping us in check is that it usually triggers a behavior. So the behaviors look like crash dieting, purchasing something online that's going to like magically help your old lady knees, you know, some cream of some kind is going to fix that overnight. It looks like creating a new That's funny you're saying that because I've I've been looking. (laughs) No, you haven't. (laughs) Revisions Body Firm. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I need to get some and rub it on my knees every night. Right. Right. It's like, I mean, totally. This is like textbook and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Do you like, have psychic in your resume too? Are you psychic? Uh, yes. Um, I'll take readings tomorrow. <laughs> um, but it, this is kind of like that classic cycle that happens. It's like the shame cycle. And then we go into either restricting, purging. It can have the opposite effect where we go into uh, binging, like, you know, screw it. You know, I'm never going to fix this. So just forget it. Um, it could look like excessively working out. It could look like cleansing. It could look like purchasing a ton of books, a ton of plans, creating a plan. Um, and it's basically our action plan to fix ourselves, whatever we can do quickly to make sure that we essentially get back in line and, and stay in that safe spot, quote unquote, it's a forever moving target, but a safe place where we know, okay, now I'm okay. I'm beautiful or maybe not even beautiful. Just, I'm not ugly or I'm not fat. Like those are the worst case scenarios to be ugly or fat in some way. So it's like just making sure we're not quite there. Maybe we're never going to be the most beautiful or the supermodel or whatever it is, but I got to keep myself in line here. And there's probably a way I can do that. Let me, let me pull up Google real quick, you know, and, and that is what happens. Our body bully gets loud and then we go into some kind of reaction against it. 
You know, it's funny because you say you say that, and I think about times where, like, I've looked at pictures, okay? So I am where I am now, and I've woken up this morning, and I stood in front of my full-length mirror, and I was just kind of like, ugh, what is what it is, right? You go on about your day, and you're, and then I look, I find a picture of me five years ago, mm. and I'm like, well, gum, I looked better than I thought I did then. And I remember, and I go, if I thought that I looked that bad then... And I didn't look that bad. <laughs> we in trouble now. Yeah, yeah. I right. should have been wearing the shorts then. Then. Why wasn't I wearing shorts then? I, I, I Seriously, I saw a picture this morning from eight years ago, and I thought, my arms looked so good in that picture. And I thought they looked bad then. Yeah. You know? It, it, and it's like, how, yes. do we, how do we undo that? How do we untrain our mind? You know, first of all, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I feel like that is so universal. I mean, even if it was like before COVID, you know, I've got a lot of my girls right now in my audience and community who have put on weight since COVID Mm -hmm. and they're looking back at pictures and they're going, Oh my God, like what happened? What happened to me? You know, and all the judgments of, again, it goes back to the body shaming. What did I do? Yep. How is this my fault? How did I not see this? Like, how did I not catch it before it got to this point? You know, all, again, all of that kind of body shaming stuff. And to get out of that dialogue, I mean, first of all, I'll say the good news is because this was taught to us, it's learned dialogue. We can unlearn it. Mm. And that feels like the good news. It's not something we came into this world with that we're stuck with that we have to deal with. It is something we can shift and change. And I'll be honest, it takes time. And I don't know that the body bully voice ever fully, fully goes away. I think it, I think we can quiet it. I think we can get it to kind of like dial down the volume, but I don't think it will ever go away because of the value system in our culture. However, I think the recovery time we can really work on of coming back from a moment where we catch ourselves in this kind of beratement or this judgment or this criticism and we catch it quicker So we're not in it for hours and hours and hours or days or months or years, but we can catch it and kind of come back to this concept of unconditional loving, which is like, if you think about a pendulum swing on the way opposite side of the pendulum of the body bully. So this would be like to get to that place where we really see ourselves from total unconditionally loving eyes, that's going to take some time. It's, It's on the far other end of the spectrum. So to me, it's making that little small progress. And the first piece of this is noticing when that body bully comes into play, actually like becoming aware. And I think that's why it's so helpful to give it a name, our body bully. Cause then we can go, Ooh, that's my body bully talking to me. Yeah. Like, Oh, I hear her. She's, what, she's what's yelling yours at me. Names? You know, I don't have, I don't have a name for her. And <laughs> I just had, I don't know why this came to mind, but I was like, she'd probably be Becky. Yeah, you know, Becky like, or Karen. Karen, Karen, totally. Karen. Here we go. Shut up, Becky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for me, it's I, I just call it my body bully. Yeah. Like it's like that voice that I know that's my bully, and it's like, oh hey, I'm familiar with you. I know what you sound like, and I know that, man. And as women in our 30s and 40s, as we begin to age, there's like this whole resurgence. I feel like of the body bully, like watching ourselves. I don't know if y'all experience this, but like watching yourself age in the mirror. Mm -hmm. That's a strange thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Ooh, and that brings up a whole other list of things that I didn't have to worry about before. Now all of a sudden I'm seeing all kinds of wrinkles I didn't have before. My boobs are a lot more saggier than they used to be. 
you know, everything's not quite so tight anymore. And that's a whole other situation. So it's like, that's why I say it's one of those things that I think that will kind of forever be there. I mean, I've met women in their eighties, in their nineties, literally in nursing homes. This is one of the most profound experiences I had. I met this woman, her name was Donna and she was, I think she was 84 years old and I met her in a nursing home and all she could talk about was that she wanted to lose 10 more pounds. Uh, what? <laughs> and that uh. was her focus. I mean, she literally, it was like, what can I do to lose 10 more pounds? Switch to Jell-O-free or sugar-free Jell-O is what she should do. Right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, at that point, that's the, I hope that's the last thing on my list, you know, when right? I'm 84. Oh, yes. But that just shows you how deep it is. It's so deep. And that deep. just shows you how much we have created a life based on our worthiness, our mm. value in the world is our weight, is how we look. And God help us if we're in our 80s and we're thinking about that. But it's like, we got to do the work now so that we don't get there because that is a, a byproduct of unconscious thinking that we never address it. We never challenge that body bully. We just assume that's just part of our life. And again, when that's how we define our worth and our value in the world is by our appearance, well, you're screwed. I mean, you don't ever get outside of that. I mean, that's like until literally the day you die. So part of it is checking ourselves and going, ooh, that body bully is talking to me. And then the second piece of this, and for, I mean, well, I should say there's a few steps. So the first is acknowledging it. The second is validating it. So first is acknowledging it, identifying it. There's my body bully. There she is. Second is, hey, I hear you. I hear, and I kind of think of my body bully as like a little kid who is really afraid and scared. You know, you think about bullies, they've been abused and they become the abuser. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it comes out of fear. And so somewhere along the way, somebody gave us and handed us the rules and either called us fat or created shame around our bodies. And so we go, oh, well, now I've got to hurt myself in the same way. And so acknowledging that, having that moment of validation, bully, I hear you. You know, I know that you're afraid. I know you're not going to go anywhere. I know you, all you want is to be loved. You know, you think about a kid who's a bully. It's like in those moments of like deep, deep healing, it's like imagine just hugging that bully until they kind of break and they just show you it's really underneath the layer of sort of that defense system is I'm hurt, I'm hurting, and I just want to be loved. So acknowledging it, whoa, okay, here we go. This is at play here. And then we have the opportunity to challenge it. And this is where I feel like our personal power comes in around this is like, okay, do I want this to be true? Do I want it to be true that if I have old lady knees, <laughs> somebody's going to call me out and say like, you're not lovable right? Kind of like understanding like the consequence we think is at play. Like, do I want it to be true that if I don't use Botox, I'm ugly? Do I want that system to be true? You know, do, like in the South, I mean, y'all know it's like, we've got a whole list of beauty rules For sure. that are unspoken that people, you know, pretend that aren't there. And yet you can tell if you look at a group of Southern women, it is very clear <laughs> what everybody's those rules are. Everybody's got their lipstick on. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, my mom used to say, she would say before we would go out of the house, she was like, lipstick and earrings, lipstick and earrings. And like, we could not leave the house and I have four sisters. So we had to go out with lipstick and earrings 
you know, every day, no matter where we went. That was like part of this being Southern. Mm-hmm. And so we have these set of rules. And so now we get to decide, do I want those rules to be rules? Do I want them to be true? Do I want to abide by them? And if not, then I need to draw a clear boundary here. Mm. Like, nope, let me rewrite that rule. Let me redefine what it means to be able to be loved. What I, what's the criteria for acceptance? And this is, I mean, it's counterculture, so it's, it's tricky. It's, it's, this is like, to me, such a brave act, kind of like go against the tide in that way. And then we can kind of the fourth piece of this is calling in our loving self. And this is where we invite a new voice into the dialogue. So if we've had the body bully, now we can call in this new loving self. And I like to think of her as like, almost like above me, like if she were kind of floating above me and we're witnessing and seeing who I am and almost like this God energy, this sort of like total unconditional loving energy, mother energy, nurturing energy that is just like, Oh, sweetie, you are so loved. You are so perfect just as you are like this, this ability to just delight in everything, all the the pieces that make up who we are, that this part of myself, this loving self is just delighting in that and just reminding me that I don't have to play the game, Hmm. reminding me of my own lovability, reminding me of my enoughness, reminding me of my worthiness. And so that begins to be the, the tape, the the vocal tape that I'm going to turn the volume up on. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I invite in a new voice into the equation. So it's like I dial down the body bully and I turn up the volume of this loving self. And you could name her too, totally. Um, But then it's like, oh, we're shifting this dialogue. But it starts primarily with the acknowledgement, oh, identifying this body bully is talking to me. And then how do we begin to shift it? It's crazy. I've been going through this thing for like a week now. And so I've not really thought much. I mean, I've been thinking about it, but it's exactly what you're saying to me right now because I'm going to the river with some girls. Yeah. And, okay, so last summer I wore a two-piece. I mean, I was a little like, oh, I probably shouldn't be wearing this, but like, eh, I don't care. This year, and I think it's because everybody, I turned 40 last year, and everybody was like, well, when you turn 40 now, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, now this summer's come. I've had many conversations with Courtney here about like, oh my gosh, my stomach, it's so different. Like, I don't know what's going on. My C-section scar is like, changing. I don't think I can wear a two-piece. Like I will not put on a two-piece. So I've been trying to figure out what am I going to wear to the river? I really want to wear a two-piece because it'll just be my girlfriends. I know. Like I don't care. Right. But yeah. I don't, now I'm like, I don't even want to wear a two-piece, but I really want to get sun on my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and this yes, is my chance because like, it's just them. You right. Know? Yeah. But I'm still like, I won't do it. Yeah. And this oh. is where we get to like challenge those rules, the set of rules that we have around, like, I can't wear a bikini until X, Y, Z, you know, I can't be caught dead in a bikini until something changes or my body looks different or whatever the criteria would be. It's like, I would journal this out. Like I'm a big fan of journaling with our body bully because sometimes it's really helpful to see that. And when you see it written out on paper, it's like, Ooh, this is, this is deeper than I thought. And it's like, (laughs) challenging that voice and like, who says, you know, who says you can't wear a bikini at 40? You know, who says you can't enjoy yourself 
in a place of freedom at the, at the lake with your girlfriends who says that that C-section can't be seen. You know, it's like really challenging that voice. Like yeah. who's, who's mm-hmm. said that? Yeah. Why can't, and, why can't we? Why can't yeah. it be? Right. And it's just because again, it's like these unconscious silent rules that we're playing by that we don't take the time to challenge. And so we just kind of abide by them without slowing down to pause and say, do I want to agree with that? Do I want to live my life by those rules? And it kind of goes back to the 80 year old woman. Like she's still playing the game. She's still abiding by the rules because she never paused to challenge them. And one of the things that I think is so helpful in this process of coming to a place of more acceptance with your body is recognizing that because we're human and the human experience is alive and well in all of us, our bodies change, our bodies change. And there's some weird, again, kind of like a rule that our bodies are not supposed to change. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that it, right. It's like, it's, they should stay the same. We shouldn't gain weight. They shouldn't sag age, whatever it looks like, like your C-section changing, like we shouldn't change our body shouldn't change. But the human experience is we are never the same. Like our, our cells, our skin regenerates, you know, completely from, from inside out, like fully, um, all the time. And so part of being human is being in a mutable body changing Mm. and that that is really normal and healthy. And I'm so grateful and thankful that I'm not stagnant, that my body isn't stagnant, that it's consistently changing. And that could look like, you know, in, in aging and your hormones change, that could look like some weight gain that could look like, you know, wrinkles on your skin that could like look like the composition of your skin changing. Um, it could look like discoloration. It could look like, um, different kinds of, you know, either acne or whatever, our, our skin and our bodies change and to sort of like normalize that and to give space and permission for our bodies to change. And that every body, like body, like not everybody, but every body is a good body. Mm. And that's like a fundamental belief shift that every body is a good body. And the body you have today is still a good body and kind of, um, Sarah, what you were saying, like the body that you had however many years ago, it is not a better or worse body than the body today. So it's just like being able to recognize like, Oh, I have this body and it's still a good body and really challenging those unconscious rules that you're playing by like, Ooh, man, I don't want these to be true. Cause that's so limiting. It's like now all of a sudden you got to cover up at the lake. You know, you know, it's going to be hot. It's going to be muggy, you know? And it's like that that belief system is so deep that the, that the agreement is I will cover up. I won't show myself. Yeah. I think, I think too, it's that belief system that we may know, or it is for me, if I'm in a group of girls, even if I fix my own mind to go, well, I've had two children. Where do you want me to put this stomach? You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> I think about them thinking, like, are they thinking her stomach should be flat? You know? Yeah. Or it, she needs to cover up. Or she needs to cover up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Gosh, that's so broken, Mary. Oh, girl. It is so, it is so, so, so broken. And I think that this is where I say, I don't say this lightly. It's so brave 
to break out of that system. It's mm. insidious. It's deep. It is consistently reinforced through advertising, through social media. And so, so I recognize, and this is why I think it's just this gentle process of slowly challenging yourself to recognize you're thinking it in the first place and then deciding if you want to continue to believe it, but it takes time. And, and chances are you're going to be in a group of women where primarily, and this is just how we relate as women, we bond over our imperfections. Totally. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Like, oh my God, y'all, did you see this? Or like, I even know this, like, even if it's not the imperfection, you're calling out what's wrong with you, you bond over the fixing of whatever the thing is. You right. bond over the diet. <laughs> you bond over the new skincare product. You bond over all these things. And like, if you think about the time and energy yes. that we spend on this, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I'm recovering, you know, from this just like anybody else. It is, oh my God, it's like so much time. I can't tell you how many times I've just been like researching, you know, copper peptides. That's the thing I got to get for my skin. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And... It's like, wait a minute. Wow. This is like literally what I'm choosing and not from a place of shame, because I think that can get tricky. Like we don't need to shame ourselves for doing this. It's not that we're bad for looking at things online or wanting to feel feminine or beautiful. I think it's more like that gut check of like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Is it, is it actually important or am I playing by a rule? And you know, I think with, with, for me, we get to define what femininity means to us. Mm-hmm. Like I know for me, and I had to go through this whole search and kind of self inquiry about why do I do the things that I do related to beauty in my body? And so I sort of took each thing and looked at it. Like, why do I go to the salon and get my nails done? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like I need to have great nails all the time? And I don't know about y'all, but in quarantine, that I got to get real real with that. Oh, Lord, <laughs> honey. We, mm-hmm. we dipped them in everything we could find over here trying to get it yeah. off. <laughs> but it's like, oh, like how interesting that that feels like so important for me as a woman to do. Now, it doesn't mean that going and getting my nails is bad. It's just that I get to look at it and decide if that's something that I want to continue doing and sort of looking at the root motivation behind why I'm doing it. Yes. Or, for example, um, getting Botox, getting breast implants, um, working out at the gym, eating specific foods. There are ways to do that that come from a really healthy place. And there are ways that come from a place of I'm broken, I need to fix myself, I won't be loved until this happens. And that's where we've got to get really honest with ourselves and understand what is behind the choices that we're making as it relates to beauty in our body, food, and exercise. Because most of the time, most of the time, it's motivated by something is broken, something is flawed in me, and I need to fix it. And to me, when we can begin to look at that really like objectively, soberly, and say, like, what does being a woman mean to me? What would I want to pass on to my daughter if I have a daughter or an imaginary daughter? I mean, that's a whole powerful conversation in and of itself. What do I feel like I need to look like in order to be loved, in order for my husband to want to have sex with me, mm-hmm. in order for me to get this job, you know, raise or whatever it is? What do I feel like I have to do or ways I need to look in order for that to happen? And begin to question it and choose whether you want to continue with that rule, with that belief. Girl, you better preach right here. You better (laughs) preach. 
And you know, you brought up the the little girls. I have three young girls, and mm. so um, I and feel, two sisters and two sisters. Yeah, I'm the oldest of three girls, so it's wow. a lot of, a lot of girls in the family. But I'm when you say that, I'm thinking about what do I tell my girls and what do I tell myself, and how different it is. Because all I do is tell them everybody is different. Like my girls, they're very they're shaped very different. One's gonna be yeah. tall. One's one's a little heavier. They're, and they just they're built different. Yeah. And all that's all I do is like everybody's different. You know, you you may be stronger here. She may run faster now. You're you're gonna be taller. You know, you may not be. You know, and that's all we do. But to myself, it's like, well, I know she's six feet tall, but her thighs don't touch because mm-hmm. they're so long. You know, whereas yeah. she's sitting there thinking, I would give anything to be five three and not and be able to wear heels. Right. You know, and so yeah. it's like a whole, we know what to do and what to say, yeah. but we don't do it to ourselves. Do it for ourselves. Yeah. It's a lot of unlearning. It's a lot of unbecoming because I think you're right. I think like, again, as children, we just kind of get that, you know, again, we're not like hyper-focused on our bodies and it's fascinating. There's, there are some really powerful kind of visualizations that you can do kind of around this where you think about like your own mother and what she taught you about beauty and about weight and about bodies, kind of your, I call it your body culture within your, within your family of origin. And so it's like getting clear on what is your body culture from your family and body culture is what is said, but also what is not said. And so as you think about that, like from your family of origin, or at least even like the women that you were close to growing up, sometimes it's not your mother. Uh, it could be an aunt, it could be a relative, you know, Sunday school teacher or whatever teacher. Um, but if you kind of look at what was being communicated that was overt and covert. Mm. And oftentimes, like I know for me, my mom, she hated her body in a bathing suit. Now, she didn't have anything to say about our bodies. She wasn't like shaming us for how our bodies looked in a swimsuit, but she was sure, making sure that that she was covered up. And every time we had to go to the beach or every time we had to go to the pool, it was this whole thing. And I would witness as a little girl, my mom ruffling through her, her dresser drawers, trying to find a bathing suit that would work. And she would just talk about it and she would talk about her body. And, and so it's like, I got to see what it looked like for a mom who was not confident who hated her body deeply. And that spoke more than more to me than anything that she ever said. Again, she wasn't ever shaming to us about our bodies, but it was like, Oh, this is what adult women do. Right. So we're getting these. Some- well, I'm like, I'm like hitting myself right now because all I do is spend my time and energy to my girls. Like, well, we eat this to be strong. We want to be, we, you know, you can't eat that because you want a healthy body. We want to be strong and, and you know, all that. And then like, everybody's different. Yeah. And then you're rock, which if you love it, wear it, yeah. you know? And then I'm over here yeah. like, I can't even, I'm can't not wearing wear shorts. I can't wear shorts. <laughs> like where are my jeans? Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, well, not even like, saying anything. Like I would never say that in front of them. I would never use yeah. those words. Like I hate my legs. I would never say I don't like wearing shorts to them. Like I would right. never say that in front of them. Or I didn't try not to even use the word fat. Like I, I'm very aware of that word and not saying that in front of them and talking about myself. And I do talk about like, oh, I love my body, you know, to my girls. But yet my actions are showing them and teaching them something totally different. Yeah. And I think that like, I mean, the thing that I would say to that is the coach in me is like, first let's bring some grace into the equation. 
you know, because I think the, the knee jerk reaction is to judge yourself. Oh my God, here I am. Bad mom again. You know, like, let me, let me <laughs> beat myself again. on the head. <laughs> mm-hmm. I screwed up again. You know, part and two, like, how not to be a bad mom. That's what we're, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what you Amy, uh, Mary will be back next week with part two. Yeah. COVID did me in though. I'm just bad mom now for sure. <laughs> right. Right. And as you, again, you can see like how, how much we shame ourselves. I mean, it's like, doesn't just relate to the body. I mean, it's in all ways. But just offering some compassion into the equation of like, you know what? Again, this is learned. This is old. This is deep. I didn't just wake up hating my body. And so, again, it's sort of like you're, you're coming at this with new eyes to kind of see like, oh, this is what I'm communicating. This is what I'm you know, living under. And how can I bring compassion to that? And like, oh, man, God, that's got to be hard. Like, I think about that with my body bully and I have so much compassion for myself, like, it has got to feel so exhausting to be worrying about your body all the time. Yeah. Like just like really like bringing some gentleness to that. Like it's, that is exhausting. And then just saying like, okay, would there maybe be a different way I'd like to do it? Is there a different way that I'd like to look at this, to look at myself, to communicate, you know, uh, silently to my children and begin to kind of see it from more of a, a space of, loving versus, Oh, I've done it wrong. I've screwed up. I got to fix it again. Sort of that same language. It's more like, how would I want to do this differently? If I came from a place of loving, if I came from a place of grace, if I came from a place of unconditional love for my body and everything that goes along with that, what would that look like? If I came from a place of confidence, what would that look like? If I did love myself, what would that look like? What would I say? What would I choose to wear? It's like thinking about the leg again, such a great example if I did love myself, what would I wear to the lake? If I did fully accept myself, what would I wear to the lake? If I did appreciate this body today, what would I wear to the lake? And that creates sort of an open door to considering a different option of how you're going to show up, but not from a place of judgment, but sort of like, what if, you know, what if I could come at this from a different place? I love that so much. I love that so much. And, and then when you do, and when you can, and you wear the two-piece to the lake, there has to be such a personal victory. Um, oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, there's, it's just a personal win. I mean, you just win. Yeah. And it's and it, believe me, you're going to have to have that conversation once you put the two-piece on and you're at the lake. Like, maybe you brought it and you didn't bring the one-piece and all you have the option to do is the two-piece. You're going to have to have that conversation probably like 15 more times during the day. It's okay. It's okay. I can keep wearing this. Okay. I'm not going to die. You know, like it feels like so vulnerable. It's not like a quick victory. I mean, it's definitely something you, you have to sort of like baby yourself through, but it's such a victory. It's like, I did the hard thing. I did the hard thing. I chose to be seen. I chose to show up in love for myself. And that act of deep loving for yourself, like that has a ripple effect. I mean, how cool would it even be if you were able to share that story and commit to the bravery of showing up and being seen. And you got to share that with the women that you went to the lake with. Mm. Like think about, think about how healing that would be for all women and like give them permission to show up and be seen. Like to me, this is like the golden invitation for collective body healing. And so it's like, okay, can I, can I choose in this moment to be brave and it's vulnerable and I get that and it's hard but I can do hard things. And I'm choosing in this moment to act as if I loved myself. Maybe I don't yet, but I'm going to act as if I do. And I'm going to do the things that 
somebody would do if they love themselves. And by doing that, what's amazing is you begin to love yourself. It's so powerful. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Okay, we're going to go ahead and need you on a oh, life right. coach retainer. <laughs> Just let us know uh, what we can, you know, get automatic debit from our camera. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh, Mary, I don't even, I mean, I don't even have words because it's all so good. I mean, this is such good stuff because like you said, Dad Gummin, if I'm 84 and I'm still having this conversation, just stop the medication. Let me just go on at least to get to a point where maybe I don't even know I'm in my own body and that I wouldn't feel bad about it then. I don't know. It just, yeah. what a shame. Yeah. Yeah. It and is, it's it, sad. And, but also like, it's sad to think about an 84 year old feeling that way. But I look back, I, I see 24 year olds and I'm like, it's so sad that she's so insecure. I like, know. look at her body. She's rocking. And yeah. even like 35 year olds. I'm like, you just had a even baby. Even a 40 year old. Like, yeah. Even a 40-year-old. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I don't want to spend the net. I feel like I spent the last 20 years. We're both 40 this year. I spent, yeah. I feel like I spent the last 20 years trying to get it right, you know, and like whatever that unicorn formula is, if that's smooth skin or it's toned or it's tan or it's, you know, that's my thing. If you can't tone it, tan it. If it's tan <laughs> or if it's, you know, filled in, Right. Right. But I don't want to spend the next 20 years doing that because if I focus my energy on that, I'm going to miss it with my kids. I'm going to miss it with my friends. I'm going to miss it with my husband. I'm going to, there's something, because you can't be a hundred, I mean, all you've got is a hundred. So if I'm putting 70% of my energy towards this thing, what have I missed in that scenario with everybody else? Yeah. And you can't, you can't be present. I mean, think about how many times you've been at a dinner or a party, or the beach, or anywhere where you're hyper-focused on what you look like. And you can't even, it's like you're tugging at your clothes, you know, you're checking yourself in the bathroom, you're catching a glimpse, any chance you can get in the, in the window, or the mirror, or whatever. And it's like you leave the moment. You can't even be yeah. present in life, because you're so consumed. And that, to me, is the tragedy of it. It's like we miss out on life when we're so hyper-focused on this. And we can take that focus off our body and into presence, into what's happening right here, right now. There's so much joy and reward and fulfillment when we can shift out of that. It's like, otherwise you're just in prison. And it really feels like that, you know, like that. I mean, I've spent so many years where it just felt everything was hard and painful because I was so obsessed with making sure it was okay, you know, making sure I looked all right. And I missed out on those magical moments, like totally missed out, can never get them back again because I was worrying about how I looked and, and not from a place of shame, but it's like, I want something different for my life. Now I want to be able to be present. I want to be in a place that no matter what size I'm at, cause I've been a size 20, I've been a size 10. I've been all over the map that it's like, no matter at what size I'm at, I can love myself here and I can accept this body and I can be present for what life has for me. Uh, And it's a journey. mm. Mary, thank you so much. We needed this. Yes. I mean, this is so good to hear. So thank you so much for coming on Say It Southern today. We really appreciate your time and all of your insight. Girls, what a treat. This is great. I'm so grateful to get to be on your show. Thank you. Tell us how we find you on Instagram, all your platforms. 
So the best place to go is just my website, maryhyatt.com. You'll find all my things there. You'll find my podcast, the Living Fully Live podcast there. You'll find my social links. I'm super active on Instagram. So definitely like come follow me, send me a DM. It's Mary G, like Grace, Mary G Hyatt, H-Y-A-T-T. And connect with me because that, that's what I love to do. Like I will talk with you. I'll sit there in, your, in the DMs and chat with you. So find me at the website or Instagram or Facebook. We love it. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much, Mary. Bye. Thanks, y'all. All right. So we got to know. I mean, are you wearing it to the lake? I'm or wearing not? a two-piece to the lake. You need to. For sure. Now, I mean, I think there's a difference in a bikini and a two-piece. Can we clarify that for just a second? Yes. Well, there, there will be no strings involved. Right. It's just going to be The a, only strings a are elastic <laughs> that are going to be going around my waist. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think I'm going to do it because when I think about it after talking with her, I mean, Personally, I feel I'm a pretty confident person. Right. And I think it's more about I don't want them to sit there and think, oh, she should put her cover up on. Right. Like, but that's really, so do they care? Are no. they even thinking that though? Probably that's the not. thing. Probably because not. I think everybody, think about this. If just you and I can have this conversation and you and I be conscious about what we're wearing, that means. Probably six of eight other girls are going to feel the exact same way. Exactly, yeah. So they're not even judging you for what you got on. They're thinking you're judging them for what they've got on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And P.S., if we're even this close to friends that we say that we are, why do we even feel that way about ourselves? Yeah. yeah. I did the same thing, Sarah, this morning. I put on a dress that to wear to a wedding next weekend, and I was like, oh, this dress is darling. But I don't know that... It looks great on my arms. I literally went into a place and said, I don't love my arms. Why? Why? Because you love the dress. I know. And, and I'm sure your arms look great. Nobody's looking at my arms. Yeah. My arms are fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is changing the way that we think about ourselves. And just like she said, going, why is it that I'm feeling this way? Is it because I need to work out more and I need to be motivated by the fact that I need to be healthier? Mm -hmm. Or is it because I feel like the pressure to look a certain way all the time? Yeah. Because I need to say this. I mean, I do Botox and I work out eh, Mm semi-regularly. But it's like, ask if you want to do those things, those are fine. If you want to do them for you, just know why you're doing yeah, them. Yeah. Like if you're doing them to look younger, if you're doing them to feel better about yourself, whatever. But if you're doing them to try and keep up with somebody or feel loved, or like she said, or so that my friends like me or my husband, you know, whatever, that's entirely the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. I feel like too that it's like, on a day to day, I'm good. Like I'm like I'm strong. I'm a I'm I've got big thighs, but they're they're strong, you know. And I walk and I'm healthy, you know. <laughs> I can't believe you just said but I got big thighs. But when it comes down to like, oh gosh, I've got this next week. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have been eating those chips down out the window. Oh no. I shouldn't have done this. I should have been working out. Like, I know. Why could I not get up this morning last week every day like I said I was going to do and work out? Uh-huh. It didn't happen. I know. I've been thinking this week like, if, okay, if I did fifty pushups every day. Yeah. And is anything going to happen? Like, no, no. nothing is going to happen between now and next week or now and the wedding. I ten, just, ten push-ups a day is not going to It's change. not going to help. I know. I know. But it, that's, the, that's the three things that she was talking about that we go, they go down the rabbit hole on, you know, about bashing it. And then you got to check it and then shaming yourself. But then coming back to it and going, okay, that is what it is. But now it's like changing it, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I think for me, it's going to be doing something about it because I hear the voice 
like she said, I identify it and now I'm going to challenge it. You know, I'm going to be uncomfortable, but I'm also going to be like, yes, I'm uncomfortable, but like, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. just my friends. It's my belly because it's my C-section scars. Yeah. I mean, I had three children. It's a problem. Um, okay. She was all over your test. Like, I wish y'all could have seen Sarah when she was talking about, you know, I remember my mom digging through the drawers looking for the bathing suit. Sarah had her head on the desk. <laughs> she was all on your toes on that. Yeah. yeah. Because I know that you don't teach your girls that. No. Uh-uh. Like, that is the last thing. And I'm so aware of that because I do not want my children to feel insecure. I want them to be confident, strong women yeah. who will wear whatever they want to wear. Yeah. And feel good about it. Right. And, I mean, I feel like I'm that way for the most part. I do, too. But I feel like, like you're very that way. But am I? Right. Like, I'm sitting here debating on whether or not to wear a two-piece to the river with my friends. Yeah, your close friends. Yeah. Like, who cares? Right. Who's going to see me? Right. And you've seen pe- women on the river. Yeah, honey, they I mean, don't care. I'll be it. looking good. <laughs> <laughs> my beer belly's got nothing on their beer, beer belly. <laughs> um, I want to talk about this. Growing up, okay, so did you have a... Did your mom, how, how was your mom about body image growing up? What was your, what did she call it? What was your body culture? I mean, I think it was very much so like, love your body. Uh-huh. I never felt pressure to lose weight or anything. Um, I personally always wanted, we've talked about this too, like I was always wanting boobs. Yeah. Because I oh, never right. had yeah, boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And she was just like, that's so stupid. Like if you want them, then you can get them someday. Yeah. You know, not uh-huh. now, uh-huh. but goodness gracious yeah like don't worry about that right like look at everything else look how talented you are look at this like quit talking about boobs uh-huh. so <laughs> that was not a conversation in my house and I don't know if it's because I had brothers and my, my sister was 12 years younger than me I, I never had a conversation and I don't know if that's a, I think that harmed me in some ways too mm-hmm. because it didn't make me aware, but it also didn't put the emphasis on it, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, what's that healthy, what's that healthy balance? And then how much of a role did your dad play in making you feel good and confident? Yeah. Because I think a, a, a male's role is important for that da- validation for the daughter. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that male role in your life, you, you're going to look for that in a, you know, mm-hmm. is that a friend is is your mom taking on both of those roles i mean it's like who is validating you and what are they saying mm-hmm. that is such a huge part of like who we even are as adults yeah i i just think that we've just got to change the dialogue in our head to to be like it's okay yeah you know but, you know i think when i look at other women I, I look at them, I'm like, gosh, she looks great. Like, when I think about, like, you, Courtney, I'm like, she, you have the most beautiful legs. Like, you can wear any dress, like, short dress. And maybe it's because I'm sitting here thinking about my legs. Like, I don't need to be in that short skirt, you know? Whatever, but I'm like, Sarah. you look so good when you wear shorter things. Uh-huh. It's just very flattering on you. You have beautiful Thank you. legs. Thank you know you. what I mean? So yes. it's like, Thank you. I think I'm, like, looking at other people's, like, not their flaws. Their assets. Yeah, and I'm then I'm maybe comparing myself to them. Yeah. Which is a. You know. Let me tell you this. I have never looked at your knees ever. What? Never. Because I'm always in pants. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying I would never be like, she has a lady knees. <laughs> like the things that you think mm-hmm. that are being said are not being said. And you know, another thing I think back to like my 20s about old lady knees is I used to run down Belmont. Uh, and right here in Nashville, you know Belmont. Yeah. I'd run them down. I was like 20 something. And I would see women 
who now looking back, I'm like, they were probably 35, 40. And you know, when you run, if you're a runner, you know what I'm talking about. Or everything, you feel everything. You see it and you look yeah. down, you can see your knees and you can see your legs. The jiggle. And I would see him coming. I'm like, oh, yep, there's, look at her legs. Like, oh, she's so thin and fit, but like, there's no hiding that. Yeah. And now maybe that's why I like thinking about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh. One of the things that I think was great that she was talking about was um, the the feed, the what we're filling our minds with on social media. And uh, it's so true. Of course, in the, back, in the last few days, like I've kind of been looking like what – what levels of influence do I have, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and meaning that not what I have on other people, what levels of influence are other people having on me? Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty good about who I follow on Instagram. And it's, and what I mean by that is like, Instagram for me is like an escape, right? So I'm not, I don't have, I don't follow a ton of friends on Instagram because if I go, if I want that, I'll go to Facebook, right? But Instagram is like designers that inspire me, um, decorators, fashion brands. But even in that, you know who's in my feed? Skinny white women. Mm-hmm. And so if that's what's in my feed, what is in my feed is my subconscious. If that's where I go to like have an escape, that becomes my dialogue, which becomes my thoughts, which says you're not good enough because you don't look like her. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. It is a problem. But, I mean, so what do you just curate your feed, go through there, and just unfollow? Yes. Mm-hmm. During quarantine, I... Well, funny. I got sick of seeing my friends on quarantine. Well, that's what I'm like, saying. Lord. But, I mean, you just have all this time that you look and you're like, okay, she talks too much. She laminates too much. She's made her own slime six days in a row. She's mm-hmm. out. You know, and... and but it's true. Yeah. Like, you're looking at those things going, what triggers me? Like, if there's somebody that you're scrolling through and they're tr- they trigger something negative, like, bye. Bye. Let it go. Not my tribe. Not my tribe. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a hashtag yeah. for this episode. Yeah. And if you can't wear an, a bathing suit in front of your friends at the river, what? Not my tribe. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I can't sit in my backyard and worry about who's coming over and what I want to do and what I want to wear. Not my tribe. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. That is so true. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. But do you think you'd hurt your friend's feeling if you unfollowed them? <laughs> yes. Probably. They know why now. You can, Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't totally unfollow maybe. Just mute them or something. Mm-hmm. Go on a hiatus. Um, but, you know, other than curating our feed, that's something we can do. And I think also being kind to one another. Yep. And instead of looking at someone and being like, you know, well, for, perfect example, like me telling your legs look great. Like I probably should have said that to you before. Like it's just never really come up because I think about it. I know. And I remember when we went to try on clothes for a photo shoot and you, they pulled out a 25 jean for you. Mm, well, I'm sure I didn't get it up. You did. <laughs> you wore, a, I think it was a 26. You wore a 26 jean. And I remember thinking, I can't tell you the last time I was in a 26 jean. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And like, I remembered that about you. And I'm like, man, she's got a great body. <laughs> she's in a 26 jean. And then you're talking about needing a knee lift, <laughs> which is asinine. Yeah. You know? hmm And so it's like, if we, if we even believed what other people thought about us, you know, yes, the good things. The good things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How we would see ourselves differently. Mm-hmm. 
And I do think that doing things like, again, kind of going back to the shorts, there are reasons why I don't like shorts that are more than just like, I don't like my knees. Mm-hmm. But like when I go on a walk, I don't want to wear shorts right. because it's uncomfortable yeah. and I'm uncomfortable. Right. I'd rather wear pants. Yeah. So I do think there's times like that when it's like, I'm not going to force myself to wear shorts. No. Because of that. I, I mean, think it's the whole motivation. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing this for? Like, if if it's like, well, you know what? I'd really be fine wearing shorts. I just, I'm doing it, you know, because I don't want it, whatever. It's not uncomfortable. That's the wrong reason. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. what I'm saying? So I think it's like breaking that thought process, which is so hard, but that's the work. It's like I said, I don't want the next 20 years to be spent like the last 20 years where I was comparing and and like you said I I feel like I'm very confident but then when it comes to that it's it's my Achilles heel mm-hmm. it is my trigger I think it's that way for every woman sadly and you? we do not want to be that 84 year old woman uh, in the nursing home I can't even with that that when she told me that I mean that will stay with me for the rest of my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. I don't want to be her no if I ain't got anything else to talk about when I'm at my life, my children, what has happened, and and how I can lose ten pounds. When I'm eighty, pull the plug. I'm going to be sitting on a porch somewhere, eating cashews and drinking real coke all day long. <laughs> you do all day in a moo in a moo and for not sure. feeling bad about it. Probably with some lipstick on because we are from the south. But <laughs> you'll definitely have earrings on. Earrings, hundred percent. Yeah, maybe my moo a bit short. Show my legs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh, gosh. It's, again, we're works in progress. If we don't get it right today, we'll get it right tomorrow. So That's right. Grace. Grace for ourselves. Grace for our children. Yes, your worth is not your weight. All right. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, and we loved having Mary on.